Here's the big question. How is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined, and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question, and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. Happy Tuesday, everyone. I am so grateful that you are here with us today at the Success with the Success on the Success Patterns Show. My name is Brigitte Höfele. I am the founder of the Success Patterns Movement and the CEO of the Center of NLP. And you are here at the right place at the right time, Tuesday, 4.30 Eastern time. It is always time for Success Patterns Show. And Success Patterns, people ask me, Brigitte, Success Patterns, you know, what is that? Well, first of all, success is a interesting thing because it shapes its meaning Uh, within the person that is seeking success or that has success. And it starts with your attitude, the success seeker, if you will, with your attitude towards success. Um, success is modeled in patterns and strategies and behavior. And Tony Robbins is known for saying success leaves clues. I say success comes in patterns. And in this show, we have guest experts that are sharing their patterns So you can then, so we're decoding our guest experts' patterns that led to their success. So you can then encode it in your own life and apply it in your life. It's really that simple, but simple does not equal easy. As humans, we're hardwired for success and we're hardwired for hands-on application, learning from living teachers. And that's where our guest experts come in because we're not theoreticians because they just kind of talk a good game. We are grandmasters at work here. We're going to give you tips how to in, 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 in modeling success and not just theoretically teaching you how to do it. So today is an incredible show. We stay till the very end because we have always great guest experts and they're always bringing great gifts. So you want to stick around to the very end. Um, this guest that I have today, he's the president of the best businesscoach.ca. And he's also a host of a podcast, the best business po podcast. He believes that we are what we repeatedly do. That's a success pattern right there. Um, and when we do, when we are what we repeatedly do, then we become excellent. And that is not an act excellence. It is a habit. So we are what we repeatedly do. That is a success pattern that as humans, I think we've also gotten really good at misusing. He's best known for his ability to create seven-figure automated income streams from scratch. And after repeating this success with multiple clients, he set on a mission to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners, evidence-based methods and accountability. And we have him here all the way, you guys, from the Philippines. If you're not in a car right now, I would ask you to stand up and give a standing ovation to Daryl uh, Urban Urbanski. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hopefully 
you know, hopefully you get something from this call that helps you make that next step. Yeah. Um, so Philippines, what brought you to the Philippines? Right. Yeah. You were asking about that before we got on the call. So, um, I mean, we've, we've got a finite amount of time, but part of what brought me to the Philippines is I've been hiring online since maybe 2006, 2007, 2008, something like that. Um, I'd spent some time in San Diego. I'm Canadian and I'd spent some time in San Diego. I got connected with John Asaraf after growing a, a successful martial arts school in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. He basically offered me, so I grew a martial arts school. I helped a bunch of my friends grow their businesses. And all of a sudden people started asking me to coach them with their business. And so I made a pivot and I, I just went to Japan for a month. I'd sold this thing, traveltrainjapan.com. That's not in existence anymore. It's over 10 years, but it was like a high ticket 30 day trip to Japan to do my favorite things from the three years I spent in Tokyo. I was in Tokyo. I worked with Johnson and Johnson, Tokyo Electron. I worked at Shinsei bank headquarters. And, um, so right before I left, one of my friends called me, told me he got promoted to CEO of this million dollar company in Ottawa. And I was like, Corey, that's great. He goes, no, you don't understand. I've never been a CEO before. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to hire you as my coach. I'll pay you 2,500 a month. Just, just, just listen in on some conference calls and like, let's brainstorm and, you know, just talk, let's just be there. Cause that, you know, like he, he didn't know what he was doing he, at the time. He's very successful now and knows what he's doing for sure. And um, so when I was on the flight to Japan, I got to thinking about it and I was thinking about what I love most about running the martial arts school. And it was the reviews. It was the testimonials. It was the feedback from people. So when I got back, I wrote, I, I call them business books for busy people. I put together three books, uh, put them on Amazon to see, and each had a different angle to see what people were most interested in. The one that started taking off it's called Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation, Your Primitive Business Guide to Better Leads with Less Effort. And in 2013, I think I got it to hit number one on Amazon for the top 100 in marketing and sales, number four or seven for the business category overall. And I used that to get on radio, television, newspaper, all that. And, you know, I'm skipping lots of details, but then I got connected with John Asarath, who basically made me an offer I couldn't refuse. He offered me 100000 US, $30,000 signing bonus, and 2.5% of everything I helped him make if I would leave my martial arts school and move down to, you know, work with him in Rancho Santa Fe, California. And so I did, I used the 30 grand to pay off some staff bonuses to, you know, refund some members that had paid fees in advance. I didn't have to worry about my lease. I had a good deal there. And I went down and, you know, long story short, using a single marketing strategy, applying the same stuff that I was using with my brick and mortar business, but just with one that had more scalability, uh, we did 1.6 million in eight months with a single marketing strategy, 3.2 million as a company as a whole. I went on and did this with some other clients and, you know, made a bunch of money, rah, rah, rah. And after that, uh, I mean, I was adopted. And so after that, I went back to Canada and I ended up getting stuck in Canada, unable to return to the state's visa issues. I was trying to be honest. Um, and it just caused, I should have just gone in as a tourist and sorted it out when mm. I was on the other side. But anyways, I ended up stuck in Canada and Canada is cold and um, I'd already been hiring staff out of the Philippines. So I decided maybe I'll go to the Philippines while I wait for this immigration thing with the U.S. to, you know, sort itself out. And I just came for three months, left, came back for another three months. And then I ended up, uh, ended up retiring my adopted parents. I went to Toronto for six months. I, I helped, uh, a relative that was having a substance abuse issue. I got his three kids to move in with me. We got them straightened out. 
and pointed kind of their lives in the right direction. And then I just kind of took a, a couple year mini, you know, mini retirement to figure out what I wanted to do. And I went to this island called Palawan in the Philippines. And I've kind of just been hanging out here, especially now the way things have been going. You can grow food in the Philippines year round. So, um, you know, there's also, there's other advantages too. Wow. What an incredible story. Now I'm curious cause I know John, um, and I don't know if our <laughs> listeners know John as who you worked with, and I don't know if you're still in contact with him. Did you learn from him? Oh, for sure. I mean, it was a great, it was a great experience and I got to see behind closed doors of what goes on in John's office, you know, and, and even. John would be doing his mastermind meetings and messaging me questions that maybe he wanted to confirm or, or wanted help answering via Skype, you know, when he had his high level mastermind programs and stuff. Like it was, it was great because for a number of years, it was like me and John, like I would go to his house and we'd sit at his table and, and brainstorm a lot of this stuff. And um, yeah, it, it's, it was a good experience. And then, like I said, I, I got to meet Ty Lopez uh, long before the here in my garage. He offered me a million bucks to, to join actually with me and John, what we were doing. You know, I was in Ryan Dice's War Room Mastermind in Vegas. I got to, that's part of why I launched my podcast, because at the time I didn't really have a product. I didn't need a platform, but I was connecting with all these great people and I wanted to build relationships with them. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't call it the best business podcast out of, to be facetious. It was because I Googled, what are people searching for? And everyone was searching for the best business podcast. So I'm like, there, there we go. You know, I didn't realize I didn't um, have any sort of moat around it. Anybody could be the best. Daryl, I want, I want to plug into exactly what you just said. You Googled it. You look what people are looking for. And you, you literally answered that call. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah, it's simple. It's not easy. So fast forwarding a bunch. I repeated the success with a bunch of clients. Um, you know, anywhere from just 10,000, hundred thousand, another million. Um, like I had one client, she already had a million dollar business and I analyzed over 10,000 orders. We figured out what people typically buy first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, And we figured out the hurdle rates, how many days on average in between each order. And we went and looked through her sent email folder to figure out what were the best promotions that she had used to promote those items. And then we set up an automated system. So if anybody bought anything, they would be put in a schedule. I think it was like 42 days or something between the first and second purchase. The day 43 came and they hadn't bought the number one most common thing people bought. We triggered that email promotion to sell them that thing. And then the same thing for the second purchase and the third and the sixth. And with that, we managed to turn about $50,000 in ad spend into $212,000 on the front end sales, but over $600,000, including back end. Plus we added, you know, hundreds, if not a thousand plus customers to her, her customer list. But one of the things that really shocked me is that some of these clients that I was helping grow sales, sales alone didn't guarantee success. And, you know, I was trying to figure Say out that again, Say that again. I think everyone needs to hear that. Well, sales alone don't guarantee success. It really doesn't. Right. I mean, Enron posted $101 billion as profit one year and the next year we're bankrupt. Right. Um, uh, Blockbuster. This is one of my favorite examples. Blockbuster was a multi-billion dollar company, right? Two to six billion dollars per year. They had the opportunity to buy Netflix. They didn't. Yeah. Netflix ran them into the ground. They're bankrupt now. There's only yeah. one location. So one of the things that I did after my mini retirement, everybody was arguing about the science in 2020. I was stuck in Vietnam for the pandemic. That's a whole different thing. But I grew up with my, my step adopted dad, the man who raised me, he worked in applied physics and geology. I grew up in a house of hard sciences. So I thought, what does the science say about business success? So I spent 50 grand of my own money 
hire seven researchers slash research teams from all over the world. And we went through all the academic literature because like I said, I, I, as you said, I have a podcast. I've interviewed over 350 experts. I've, I've helped people do millions in sales. You're right. I thought marketing and sales was the holy grail. And in some ways it really is, but it's not. It's, it's like a weird duality to it. And so we went through all this research to figure out what does the science say? And we found eight critical success factors. I call them the eight critical success habits. And I'm going to share them here. But what we found is it doesn't matter uh, what culture, it doesn't matter what language. We also found a ninth factor, full disclosure, government and economic conditions. You can have a friendly government or a hostile government towards business. You can have a good economy or a bad economy. But what we discovered was it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're in Dubai. It doesn't matter if you're in Thailand. It doesn't matter if the economy is good or bad. All a small or medium-sized business owner, online, offline, all they can focus on are these eight critical success habits. And they are self-efficacy, market intelligence, strategic planning, marketing strategy, sales strategy and skills, money management, business operations, and business intelligence. So those sound fairly self-explanatory. And once we, so what we did, if anybody knows what a Venn diagram is, it's like you, you take like a lemon and a banana and you list all their features and the, you know, and the benefits of them and where the overlaps are, that's what a Venn diagram is. Like they're both yellow, right? Like that's kind of like a shared thing. So we basically did that with all these, we went through meta, uh, hundreds and thousands of meta-analyses. A meta-analysis is when someone summarizes all the research in a field or on a specific topic. And so we tried to do basically a systemic review, a meta-analysis of hundreds and thousands of meta-analyses. And that's what when we had all these, these factors, all these different people who study business success prove. We said, what, is, what are the common commonalities? What are the common denominators? And that's where we came up with those eight. And once we had those eight, we started diving into them. So for example, self-efficacy, what is self-efficacy in business? Well, based off of the research, it's specific personality traits, leadership skills, and personal discipline. So for example, to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to have a locus of control. Okay, that, that basically means being a control freak about what you can control, right? Not outside of that, just what you can control. Extroversion. Right now, right, Brigetta, you and I wouldn't be meeting if we were, even if we were introverts, if we couldn't push through that to be more, to act and behave more extroverted, we wouldn't be comfortable meeting. You have to be willing to meet people, right? Extroversion. Openness to experience, agreeableness, conscientiousness, and acceptance of criticism and feedback. Those are personality traits that are positively correlated with success and entrepreneurship. The next is leadership skills. And this is where, you know, it's always been a bit of a pet peeve of mine because everything in my life, maybe it was because I was an orphan, I've never known participation awards at all in my life ever. Everything has been, you know, like you get what you earn. And so when people like, you know, talk about leadership training and that, that's really important. But it was for me, I was in all sorts of leadership training. And for me, what is it? Well, now based off of the research, our research, it's Specifically, it's self-awareness skills, communication, cooperation skills, emotional intelligence, and adaptability. Those are the four pillars of leadership. Mm -hmm. You need personal discipline. That's uh, discipline, a sense of urgency, a commitment to improve, time management skills. But then it's also like personal health, physical health, sleep, diet, fitness, mental health, right? If you And people want to talk about time management. But if you can only run one mile and then you're exhausted, you need to lay down. That is your energy gas tank you bring to every day. If I could snap my fingers and now you can run 10 miles and you're not even exhausted, that means that the, that's how much energy you bring to every day. That's how intense your focus can be, right? 
So that's self-efficacy. The other sound self-explanatory you mentioned that I looked up what people wanted and then I looked to give it to them. That's a function of market intelligence. Market intelligence is knowing what problems there are to be solved. Problems are markets, not, not demographics or stereotypes. So what's the problem to be solved? Why is it a problem? Who wants the problem solved and why? Like de defining them in terms of stereotypes, you can get an estimate of the population size, demographics, psychographics. What's the cost of not fixing it for them, short-term, long-term? Who else fixes this problem and how? Who are the top 10 solution providers? What are their sales data? What are, what are their offers and price points? Who are they serving? When you have a problem, you have to think of it like a lake, right? And when there's a lake, there's birds. Some birds eat ants and insects. Some birds eat berries and nuts. Some birds eat fish. Some birds eat other birds. So you have a problem which is experienced by a lot of different types of people. And who is your stereotype that you're serving to solve that problem for? And that's a function of market intelligence. But then you need to know about emerging trends and technology. We talked about Blockbuster. They were totally disconnected from the market and they forgot the problem that they solved. So often the builders build and they love building and they really know that problem and, the, you know, and they're in tune with the market. And then the managers, the accountants, and the lawyers come in, and, and in, sincere, in all sincerity, it's to maximize what's there. But like with, with newspapers, newspaper subscriptions used to be rivers of gold, and when they started drying up, nobody knew what to do, right? It was either who can hold on the longest till someone figures it out and copy them, or who was in tune with the market. So these are the eight success factors. They're all, like I said, fairly self-explanatory. The other ones I'll go into business operations. That's your cybersecurity. It's your HR processes for hiring, for disciplining uh, uh, employees, rewarding employees, your legal compliance, your meeting rhythms, all the glue that holds things together. That's the business operations. And then business intelligence, it's the feedback loop, your dashboard, right? In a car, how fast am I going? How much gas I got in the tank? How's my battery doing? What channel is my radio on? So those are the eight, eight factors. And you can, you can almost identify any failure in business as to someone neglecting one of these. And that's why I call them the, eight, the, the critical eight success habits. Wow. And, and I think that ties into a gift that you brought. We're going to talk about that later. Now, we heard that, you know, growing up an orphan and then being adopted, then owning a, a martial arts school. What does that have in common that led you to where you are today? Because you're a very driven, very, like you already mentioned, outgoing, but very driven, very curious person. Was that always the case? And share with, with us a little bit more about your background and how you came to where you are today and, and the success that you have. Sure. Well, I, I thank you. It's from a, uh, it's from a song. And everything I'm not made me everything I am. Mm -hmm. So by not knowing my roots, you know, I've hitchhiked across Canada six times trying to retrace my roots and my steps. So part of it was I was very nomadic uh, mm -hmm. at a young age. And so that led me to constantly be on the job hunt. I mean, I've been on, I've been marketing online. So I did this program called Katimovic when I was 17. I thought I was going to end up dead or in jail or something. A lot of my friends, one friend ended up I was found in Lake Ontario, rolled up in a, in a rug. He'd been beaten to death with bats. Thanks. And I just felt like I wasn't going to live to see my 21st birthday. And then one day when I was in high school, these kids came through talking about they're doing this program, Katinovic. It was a leadership program. They get to travel Canada, do volunteer work stuff. I signed up. Turns out there weren't a lot of guys and they needed guys. So I, I got in. 
And I ended up going to BC, Alberta, and Quebec three months each. You live with five guys, five girls. You have volunteer full-time jobs. Um, you don't have any, you get like 20 bucks a week to buy like shampoo and whatever, but uh, you have a budget as a household and you have to figure out how to manage this budget as a group. And um, so I worked as a, at a band, Indian band office, which is like their government office in British Columbia. I worked at a middle school as a social worker and teach a uh, grade four, grade seven teacher's assistant in Alberta and in Quebec, I was a mayor's assistant. And after I came back from that, I wanted to go back out to the West Coast. I really liked the West Coast. And so uh, I threw all my stuff on a bus. I shipped it out there. I went online. This is, again, the early days of the Internet. I found this lady's. Uh, she had a room for rent on an online classified. I called her up, rented a room, shipped my stuff on a bus out there. Again, I'm like 18. And right before I hitchhiked out to BC, I knew I was going to need some work when I went there. And I had no idea what I was doing. But, you know, I wanted to go out west. So I, I found the local city, Penticton, British Columbia, Penticton, which is Indian, and it means a place to stay forever. Beautiful spot. Mm. We're checking out. And um, I just scraped the Chamber of Commerce website. I scraped all the business downtown business emails, and I had a three email campaign. The first one was cover letter and resume, and second one was a PowerPoint presentation, like why I'm so great. And the third one was final notice. I'm hitting the road, Jack. And uh, it worked. I had two interviews waiting for me when I got out there. And then I, you know, I lived out there. I worked evenings and weekends. I put myself through finished high school. Um, one of my friends, he had to drop out of school to take care of his mom and sister. His dad had died and his mom had had a car accident and was severely handicapped. And I moved into their house to pay them rent. And we fixed up the house and started renting out some of the other rooms to help them make money. And uh, I actually wanted to launch my own youth hostel. Uh, it's one of the jobs I had was a night manager at a hostling international youth hostel. And I thought it was great. And I wanted to open one in a Soyuz BC. I got an investor to give me 50 grand. I got a letter from the economic development officer in a Soyuz saying that this was needed and there was a, a niche for it in a Soyuz. And I had a bank that tentatively approved the loan and I just shit my pants. I was like, I'm 19 years old. Uh, I haven't had a girlfriend for more than a year. My biggest purchase is my used car. I had a, I had a Ford T-Bird. I went against my mechanic friend's advice, regretted it immediately. And I was like, if I get this loan and I mess up, I'm going to be marrying this money and spending the rest of my life paying for it. So I didn't do it. And then I was kind of lost and floating. And I did a lot of restoration work and construction and stuff like that, just figuring out what I was going to do. And then I just decided I should go back home to Ontario, be with my adopted family, just be a good son. And I went back, I met a girl. She was going to Queen's University. She had a Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Science. She was a Nubian girl. And she had gone to Japan to teach English the summer of her third and fourth year. She paid her expenses uh, to go and come back, plus banked 10 grand. And she was about to graduate and wanted to go back because she wanted to pay off her student loans. And I was like, hmm, stay in my small hometown I grew up in, follow beautiful exotic woman to Japan, make lots of money, <laughs> train martial arts. I, I don't know. It was a really tough decision. It was a tough decision. I hear you. Was, I hear you. I'm telling you, it was brutal. So we went to Tokyo and lived there for three years. And I quickly learned that I could make more than $20, $25, $30 an hour where I was working teaching English if I was freelance. And I found my own contracts. I was getting 60 bucks an hour in some cases. And I ended up, like I said, connecting with some consulting companies. Um, one was Seven Seas Consulting. They ran different programs. There was Mind Gym, which was uh, a program out of the UK. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the credentials to work at Microsoft, who was their biggest client. But I got Johnson & Johnson, Tokyo Electron, Shinsei Bank. And then when I came back from Japan, 
that's kind of what kicked off. I mean, I was already doing the freelance thing in Japan because I was making so much, you know, much, much exponentially better money doing it than working at, uh, for somebody else. But when I came back and I wanted to continue my martial arts training, I'd been training at Hicks and Gracie School, Axis Jiu-Jitsu in Tokyo, which is just, a le- he's a legend. It's got a who's who rolling through every day of the week. And in my small town, you know, there was a karate guy who had had a karate school for 16 years and he was, he had like a year and a half of jiu-jitsu training and he wanted 150 bucks a month and there were one hour classes. And I was like, bro, I had two and a half hour classes paying 80 bucks a month. And I would be training with legends. I would have black belt students in the class beside me. So I just started my own rec, rec club. And eventually that turned into me starting my own business and learning and trying to figure out, right. How do I make this work? And what do I need to focus on? And, um, Daryl, was there ever a time where you said, screw it, I'm giving up? Oh, over and over and over. But, you know, it's not really an option. I mean, once, once, you taste the, once you taste freedom, it's really hard to go back. And, you know, and to a certain extent, I, I, we all want to be better at things that we do. And so when you find, like I said, I was very nomadic. And one of the reasons why I actually stopped working with John, ironically enough, was because my grandma passed away. Like we were, we, you know, we were, we were making money hand over fist. I was basically like a magic eight ball. We were taking bets around the office, how much things would come in. I, I had the, I had the funnel, the marketing campaign so dialed in that we would make bets on what the exact, like counting jelly beans in a jar. Like what's our exact, what, how much are we going to do this week? Well, we got 150 people signed up leads this week. Cause we had a, it was a weekly webinar, a six hour webinar, the brainathon. It was a six hour webinar one every Saturday. And I would be like, well, the traffic is a JV or the traffic is paid ads. So I think more or less they're going to buy. And, you know, statistics, what you're doing. Well, so when we started off, so we started off with a JV launch and we did about 500 sales of a thousand dollar program, maybe a little bit more. Now we had to give half of that to all the affiliates, but I had split tested everything from signup pages, emails, order forms, all that stuff. And I took kind of like the golden path, you could say, and I automated it. Okay. And this is something, this is, this is, again, this is free. Now everybody just knows what webinars are. Nobody knew what a webinar was. We never told anybody it was live, but we never said it wasn't live. And it was almost like, okay, whatever kid, like, okay, whatever. I was like, I'm going to automate this. This is going to be big, what, whatever kid here. And I got a budget of 500 bucks to run some, some ads. And I ran some ads in this funnel and we did a few sales and then that gave me double the ad budget for the next week. And I, we ran more ads and we ended up scaling that to, we were doing about a hundred thousand in sales per week. Um, paid ads were great. Cause we, what we found was people that came in through paid ads paid in full people that came in through referrals and affiliates, they were taking payment plans. And we realized it's because they're being promoted a whole lot of stuff. Like they're, they're tapped out. Their cash flow was tapped out. So that was kind of, kind of that, but, I was, so much was going on. Part of why I stopped working with John is he didn't really believe in working remote. Hmm. And so part of why, like, I couldn't, that was, that was an issue. Like why I couldn't just get a job. Like I I had, and that's part of why I've been, I've been working online since 2013, 2014, but that was, that was a bit of an issue, you know, that I'm I'm not going to get into the details, but. um, Well then, and and then the pandemic came and really worked in your favor, I would assume. Oh yeah. I, I was like, just, it was like, just give me a slow pitch. Why don't you? I mean, I, but I, you know, ever was it success as many fathers, failures and orphan. I, I took a mini retirement for about a year and a half, two years. And I tried to figure out what do I want to do? And then I was just playing it by the numbers game. So a lot of people were worried about pro- finding product market fit, but product market 
founder fit really matters. I launched this thing called Recovery Box, which was like a subscription box. And it was growing and I had subscribers, but my heart wasn't really in it. And mm. so I ended up taking more time off in retirement than I planned because I'd done this recovery box thing and it was great, but I just felt like I was stuffing boxes full of junk to ship out to people so I could do the arithmetic. You know, because if you want to make, what is it? If you want to make a million dollars, sell 5,000 people a $200 item or 200 people a $5,000 item. And then, so there wasn't, you know, I mean, I was into recovery because I, I knew it's not exercise that makes you stronger. It's the recovery from exercise that makes mm. you stronger, mm-hmm. right? You know, you basically need to be active six days a week, but you need to recover well in between. That's right. So we could, we could talk and I could talk for hours with you because I, I think it's fantastic and, and genius and, and inspiring the work that you do. And I think there's a lot of people out there that need what you offer. Mm. So, and I said at the very beginning when we came together that you have brought a gift. What's the gift? Yes. So people can get a copy, a digital copy of my book that hit number one on Amazon, um, Ancient Secrets to Lead Generation, Your Primitive Business Guide to Better Leads with Less Effort. If you just email my team and I, let us know that you heard us on the show and that you want a copy. We're more than happy to, to give it out. Um, you can take a look at that. It's the digital version. You know, It still applies. It works online, offline, product services, brick and mortar. doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, the, you know, the, the principles are the same. The strategies are the same. In it, I talk about something, for example, I call it the food court test. So you imagine a busy mall, busy food court. If someone got on the table and just went, basket and Robins. Everyone just kind of look at them and be like, what is up with that guy? And just keep walking. And that's how a lot of people do their marketing. <laughs> but if instead you got up on the table and you went, free ice cream, totally different response. And then when people come up, you go, hey, we got six flavors. Which one would you like to try? It's it's three dollars for a tub of ice cream, or you get two for five bucks. Which flavors? Which flavors do you like best? Totally different approach. And so the book I call again I call these business books for busy people. You can read it, it in a weekend, in, a, in an afternoon, but it goes through strategies like that. So so email skills for success at bestbusinesscoach.ca. So skills for success at bestbusinesscoach.ca or just go ahead and follow uh, Daryl on bestbusinesscoach.ca and then of course in on all of your social media uh, the real Daryl Urbanski yeah that's on Facebook we're we're on all the social platforms I figured yeah Yeah. so just just reach out find however you need to say hey can I get a copy of that book and we'll happily happily send it to you Ancient Secrets of Lead Generation. There's so much more that I want to ask you and we're running out of time. And, and I'm also getting comments in like, yes, encore, please. Uh, I, 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 we want to hear more from Daryl. So Daryl, let me ask you this. Can we make an agreement? Um, will you come back? Yeah, 100%. I'm here, I'm here to serve. Listen. I love that. Are- I asked you earlier and I love what you said because that's my heart. But I don't hear it very often, and I love what you say. So please say that again. Well, no, but businesses solve problems. We're here. I'm here to serve, and you know, I'm here to give away. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, take what I told you, run with it. If you need help, I've got a program, and we'll hold your hand. But it's it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. So I'm not here to push anything on anybody. We we really need small business owners and and medium-sized businesses. Like the the middle class has been decimated. Businesses, I mean, we've just seen the largest kind of coup d'etat on the planet that's ever gone on, centralized power in all shapes and forms, 
no matter what your politics, what you believe, it, you can't deny that, um, you know, a lot of people have been disenfranchised and I'm a firm believer in free markets. I don't, I don't think we have that yet. I think we have crony capitalism. I know we're, we're short on time, but if you really want to fix your life, if you really, really want to get results, it's really about fixing your 24 hour ritual. There's a great movie called uh, Groundhog Day. This guy wakes up every day reliving the same day and he's kind of a, a, a bad guy and he's got, you know, he gets stuck in this day and he goes through all the stages of grief sort of because he just can't get out of this time loop. And he just kind of submits to, to life and goes, okay, well, look, if this is my destiny, I might as well just make every day the best it can be for not just myself, everybody else. And that's when he gets to, you know, when he finally has the perfect day, he gets to wake up the next day. And I always thought if I had to live the same day every day in my life, but I still got older, what would my day need to look like? So I love where I've ended up when I'm 80 and 100. And that's what a really good a place. Beautiful analogy. What an absolute beautiful analogy. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so we're going to have Daryl back, you guys, uh, by by popular demand. Daryl, last uh, last word, last phrase um, to part with our listeners today. Your success is my success. We need you. Everyone's got a gift. You know, we got to help you get your gift out to the world. And it's just been an honor and a pleasure to share this mind space with you. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Daryl. Guys, get with Daryl Urbanski. Um, you can probably just Google him because I don't think there's another Daryl Urbanski out there. So get with Daryl. Daryl And Daryl, thanks for being here. For everyone else, tune in again next Tuesday, same time, same place for another great expert. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitte Hufelet. 